Three friends board a Disney's Galactic Star Cruiser to seek their destiny and emerge as Heroes of the Halcyon. Welcome to Heroes of the Halcyon, your source for everything Galactic Star Cruiser on the interweb. I mean everything. We've got soups and nuts. I'm Galactic Star Cruiser superfan Drew, and with me are... Superfan Martin. And superfan Christine. Thank you, Martin and Christine. Before we get started, I do want to let everyone out there in podcast land know that we're recording with somewhat compromised audio. Over the last few episodes, I hope that you've noticed that our audio quality has continued to improve, and today we're, we're perhaps taking a tiny step backwards. We are recording remotely today, and we're passing the hydrospanner back and forth to try to figure things out, so if we sound worse than normal, we apologize. We'll be back to clean and fresh audio as quickly as possible. So Christine, what are we going to talk about tonight on the podcast? Well, today we've got several topics that we're going to discuss. The first one is going to be listener email. We got some great feedback from a listener named Alex, and we're going to review some of the topics that he suggested. We're also going to discuss uh, a trip to Star Wars Celebration in Anaheim this last weekend. And we're going to finish by talking about the new Galactic Star Cruiser ad that popped up on YouTube this past week. So, Christine, you said we were going to finish with the 90 Seconds Pop. We're actually, what we're going to finish with is a giveaway, our first ever giveaway for our listening audience. So pay Ooh. attention and stay tuned for any details on that. But why don't we first talk about that listener email? Uh, it came to us from Alex. So, Alex, thank you for writing to us at heroesofthehalcyon at gmail.com. Martin, what did we like about Alex's email? Boy, there were so many great points uh, that Alex wrote about. We're going to kind of discuss them as in different episodes that they, they really deserve time to breathe. But uh, right now, one of the points that he made that really was fascinating that I kind of want to do a roundtable uh, with us is that uh, Galactic Star Cruiser's design is how to make a great experience where no one can fail. Uh, Alex specifically makes a comment that it's been said that video games are fun because you can fail. Here, though, no one fails and everyone is the hero. How do they do it? Boy, that is a great topic because uh, uh, a great experience where no one can fail. It's, it's a really kind of a tricky design to have something that feels exciting and feels like it has stakes, even though really we are more passive um, participants in, in the broad overlying story. You know, the, the story is going to end the same way no matter what we do. But how do they make it feel exciting and feel like it really has stakes worth engaging in? That's that's a great topic. I think there's some psychological trickery at play. I think that one of the things that the folks behind the Galactic Star Cruiser have figured out is a way for us all to have a, a shared experience. We're actually all on the same adventure. You can only do so much to affect the grand story that happens on Galactic Star Cruiser. But the, the psychological trickery that I think is at play is even though we're all having this collective experience, it feels very unique. The, the experience that I have is going to be different than maybe my sweet mate has, or maybe the person down the hall, but the experience feels very unique. And even though it's a collective experience, I think that's one of the ways that this, this happens. Well, one of the great examples of how they do that is if you think back to the uh, bridge training session that everyone goes through, you know, there's three different spots within the bridge and you train on each of them in a simulation and you're learning how to defend the ship. And you'll notice, um, Drew, when you and I were talking, you made a good point that the first time that you're in the bridge for the bridge training, 
they're scoring you. And at the end, they actually do say, you know, group one got this, group two got this score, group three got this score, and there is a quote-unquote winner. And that's kind of a way to track, you know, your progress. I mean, there's no prizes or anything associated with it, but you can track it. But then in later sessions of the bridge, when, you know, the storyline is fully engaged and it's more or less a real experience at that point, there's no score. Literally, you, you can't impact how it goes. So it's just basically, how does it feel? How does it feel? I feel like I had learned a lot in my bridge training and that, boy, I was doing so much better in these real missions later on that I, I it really had a great sense of accomplishment for me, even though I had no way of actually knowing whether I was doing better or not. I felt like I was really, you know, stepping up and helping the ship. Um, Christine, what did, what did you think of the bridge training? Yeah, I thought it was great. I mean, when we first saw it online, we were concerned, but they do such an amazing job of involving everybody right at the start so that you, the training feels like training. And like you said, once you take that training to the next level, you do feel like there's stakes involved. You're, you're involving yourself with the people that are around you, no matter what part of the, what part of the bridge you're working on, you're all communicating with strangers from, you know, 24 hours ago that now you're all in this mix together. You know, they do an excellent job of building a community so quickly that you don't even realize it's happening. Now, curiously, Drew and Christine, I'm curious to get your opinion. What were both of your favorite stations on the bridge training? My favorite was actually one of the stations that you could join was a repair station. And you actually had to repair different parts of the ship. And the game was keeping track of how fast you can press the buttons or how much you can match certain patterns. And it simulated the repair. And I thought that was really cool. How about you, Christine? Uh, I really liked the the big table that I guess was like shield training just because there were probably, hmm, I don't know, eight of us or so that were all around this table and it felt the most like a video game. So that's that part I really enjoyed because I really understood what I was needing to do. It's funny, Christine, I have the same uh, opinion that you did that the shields training, it's funny that you've got this huge uh, screen with things flying around and you're shooting at things on this huge screen on the bridge. But for me as well, it was this table in the back where you were doing the shields training it felt super fun to me. And it's just kind of bring it back to Alex's point where, you know, they're doing a great experience where no one can fail. I mean, the shields training, just a really super glorified live action uh, missile command, the old video game, no matter what, the ship's not going to blow up, but your job is just to do as well as you can defending the ship and don't let as many things as possible through. But it, you know, Alex's point was perfectly valid is that no matter how good we do or how bad we do, the end of the end impact to the story is exactly the same, but it felt so fun doing it. Had a great, great, great experience where no one can fail. Brilliantly done. And there's two aspects to that too that are kind of fun. Number one, for you and you know old people like us, Martin, we were playing Missile Command, so it's kind of fun. It brings a, a sense of nostalgia. And it's like it, you know, instead of uh, Unix, I know this. It's oh, it's Missile Command. I know this. <laughs> <laughs> And then the second thing that's good is for kids who might not be familiar with, you know, their 
early 80s Atari video games, they're playing a game and they can actually see how to make it work. So it's simple enough that that even beginners can learn how to play and, and do it reasonably well. And to me, it just speaks to the quality of the bridge experience as a whole that you know, I had a ball shooting at things and you know repairing things on the screen. And I the fact that I even had a better time on this Shields game in the back just says how good the whole overall experience was. Um, there wasn't a single piece of it that I didn't like. The, the screens, in my opinion, Drew and Christine, how do the screens on Galactic Star Cruiser compare to the screens that say Space 220, the restaurant in Epcot? Are you talking about the actual bridge screens? The bridge screens, yes. I don't know if they're 8K resolution, but it's incredibly high resolution and it's super easy to suspend your disbelief. And those are really TIE fighters that are flying out there that I'm shooting down. I would agree wholeheartedly. I mean, if you're comparing it to Space 220 or some of the other things that we've seen that are similar, this knocks it out of the park. Well, you know, it is fair to say that the action going on uh, on the Galactic Star Cruiser bridge screen is so much more intense than, say, Space 220, that it just it gives those screens such a better demo capability. Um, but the quality of the screens, to me, were absolutely outstanding. Like Drew said, suspension of disbelief absolutely achieved with me yeah absolutely there's you know that's what we talked about previously with some of the marketing is that it's challenging to be able to relay what your experience is going to be because your experience is just your experience it's so different from everybody else that comes on board i mean you you can have the conversation of i had a great time this part was really fun i loved it when we did that wasn't that cool but how it affects you is so different from how it affects the next person and so on. So another point that Alex brings up in his email is about some of the logistics and behind the scenes stuff that I'm personally just fascinated with. They do such a great job of bringing this whole experience together and we never see them sweat. And I think this was an example of, that shows how they did it. Alex writes, he believes that they had a newer cast member and he thought that cast member was great. Alex couldn't tell that the actor was new and the actor just sparkled in the role. But Alex noticed that there was always another person around him. And I'll read his email here. He says that person was just kind of always there, who was dressed in light cosplay and looked like maybe they were a passenger, but spoke to the character quite a bit and was just hanging around. So we approached this person as we wanted to figure out their role in the story or determine if they were a passenger who was on a really interesting and deep storyline. That person was really awesome to talk to, stayed in character, but Alex also learned that not everyone on the ship who looks like a passenger is. Some are working with a crew and helping to orchestrate the space and make sure that things go smoothly, onboarding new actors and so forth, all while playing the part of passengers and blending in. I was fascinated by this. We didn't get to see anything like that on our cruise, so finding out and seeing that somebody saw a little bit of the behind the scenes stuff, I think is just really cool. What do you think, Christine? Well, we say we didn't see any of it, but are they that? <laughs> I mean, are they that good that we just didn't even put two and two together? I'm sure they we were. We know that. Yeah, I mean, we know that several of the um, actors that were part of our crew have been spotted on, you know, different TV spots and things like that. So we know that most of them have been there from the start. But wow, that's amazing to think that they have people that are part of the cast but possibly just mingling with the guests. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. 
it, it seems like a very, very Disney thing to have someone on site. And as Alex specifically write, writes, helping to orchestrate the space. Alex, that is a beautiful phrase. Um, and that absolutely seems like something Disney would, would do. And I'm kind of curious you know, if they are going to have someone shadowing a cast member or while they're you know, in onboarding or learning the role. I'm kind of curious, was it a previous performer that also does that role? that was doing the shadowing that that would be kind of an interesting thing to have an, an earlier person that's done the role train the new person, or is it just someone from Disney casting or I'd love to know who is this person in the organization. That would be a fun job to have, to be a character handler. I mean, I think that would be much more enjoyable than pushing kids away from Mickey Mouse or, you know, any of that in the park. Now kids, let's remember that Mickey doesn't like to be poked with a fork. <laughs> <laughs> but think of how fun that would be to, as a you know part of the disney organization being able to like show this cast member all the different opportunities that can open up and all the storyline possibilities that can open up and you know if you say this here and you know you'll remember this person's name it'll come back later and what what an incredibly uh interesting position to have. Well, Alex, thank you again for writing the email. And for anybody else who would like to send up an email our way, uh, Christine, how do people send emails to us? That would be to heroesofthehalcyon at gmail.com. Well, the next topic that we wanted to talk about tonight was, Martin and Christine, I think you guys had a pretty cool trip last weekend. Uh, Christine, why don't you tell us a little bit about that adventure? We had an amazing trip last weekend. Uh, last weekend was... Um, Star Wars celebration in Anaheim. It's been three years, I think, since they've had a celebration. So people were there to celebrate. Uh, it was Thursday through Sunday. We were only able to go Saturday and Sunday, but we did what we could to jam as much into those two days as we possibly could. The floor was amazing. We didn't know which direction to look. The costumes were unbelievable. I mean, I think some of these people literally spent the past three years just perfecting their costumes. <laughs> they We had an opportunity on Saturday where several of the um, cr you know content creators that we really enjoy put together kind of a meet and greet. You know, you guys love podcasts and YouTube, but we love podcasts and YouTube too. So we were able to uh, talk to Sarah and Steven from Princess and Scoundrel Dano from the Dano channel on YouTube, Carly King, um, Mike Celestino from Who's the Boss, Holly Fry from Mist in History and Full of Sith, and then Peter and Kitcher from Ordinary Adventures. So we were a little starstruck. It's a little different when you're seeing people in person and not on your TV. So it was fantastic that they took the opportunity to meet with all of us. We really enjoyed that. Uh, we were also lucky enough, they had a Galactic Star Cruiser booth on the floor, which was amazing. And Martin, tell everybody a little bit about what we were able to do and see at that booth. Oh, the Galactic Star Cruiser booth was outstanding. Uh, just a kind of a small little space to get a feel of, you know, the aesthetics of the ship. And they had uh, some displays of, you know, things you'll see uh, on board. But really for us, the highlight of the Galactic Star Cruiser booth was Disney actually brought several of the folks from the Imagineering team that created the experience on the floor for folks to meet. Um, and they'd have rotating groups of two different Imagineers 
that would come and do meet and greets uh, every so a couple hours. And over the course of that Saturday and Sunday, uh, Christine and I were able to meet uh, Sarah, Travis, and Matt from the Imagineering team. It looks like we missed Anisha by one day, which uh, was a, a bummer, but it was so much fun to just sit there and actually talk with the folks that created Galactic Star Cruiser. Uh, and just uh, it was fun to get their questions. We were talking with them, and they were just you know, peppering us with questions about what we thought, what we liked. And it was so much fun to be able to give direct feedback to these incredibly talented folks. And uh, we even got the chance. Is uh, I noticed that uh, Scott Trowbridge was in the booth, and I just asked, can we please just get a moment with Scott Trowbridge? And they're like, he's super busy. You know, you you'll might have to wait a while. I'm like, no problem. No problem. It's funny. Christine Christine knows faces, and I know names. And I, I don't think Christine knew exactly who it was we were waiting for. Uh, but boy, when Scott actually came over, the, the look on Christine's face when she realized exactly who this was, was so much fun. And Christine, could you believe that Scott Trowbridge was coming over to speak with just us? Disney royalty, not just Disney royalty, but like imaginaring, imaginaring genius. So uh, yeah, I was definitely taken back. Uh, so, and he, he was so absolutely kind. I mean, he gave us, geez, my gosh, almost 15 minutes of time, just us talking about the experience, about what we liked, what we didn't like. And one th- point that, uh, I had to, to make is that I didn't expect it to be something really emotional. And at the end, you felt such a deep connection. And then Christine starts you know, tearing up and she's in full makeup and I'm trying to stop her <laughs> crying all over her makeup. And Scott even gets a little misty just talking about these characters and how much they mean. And it was just such a wonderful moment. We're just so, so grateful to Disney for bringing, you know, uh, Sarah, Matt, Anisha and Scott and, uh, I'm sure they had some more there that we didn't get a chance to to meet as well. Um, but it was an absolute highlight to be able to talk to them about uh, the experience. We were even able to mention our podcast that we had just launched a couple days uh, previously. And um, as a special little you know, token of our appreciation for uh, these folks, we actually brought uh, action figure style card backs um, for Galactic Star Cruiser for the Imagineers and for several of our favorite content creators um, with their picture and their names on it. And it was uh, a lot of fun to see people go you know, realize that, that my gosh, they were on an action figure card back. And it just, you know, such a callback to a point in, in their you know childhood and uh, for them to get a starring role in the star Wars stories, it, it was a lot of fun. And we are so appreciative for Disney and Lucasfilm for bringing Sarah, Travis, Matt, Anisha, Scott, and we know that there's several others that had to have been there that we didn't get a chance to see, but uh, what an opportunity for a fan to to meet the actual creators. And one last little bit about uh, the Galactic Star Cruiser booth at Celebration is they had premiered the new 90-second spot that they were running on the loop at the booth, and uh, let's talk about that spot. Uh, It's fantastic. Drew, what do you think about the the new 90-second Galactic Star Cruiser spot? Holy swear word, Batman. Did they crack the code or what with that promotion? It's like they were listening to our episode last week where we were talking about some of the things we, I mean, clearly they weren't, I know, but everything (laughs) that we mentioned in that episode last week that we had trouble with the promotion, 
all of that was completely erased. This new promotion is pretty much, I get goosebumps watching it. It brings me right back to my experience on the Star Cruiser, and I think it's going to do a great job selling to other people who haven't gone on the voyage yet. I loved it. Every bit. I mean, this is so much more action-oriented than the previous spots. Immediate resonance for me as a Star Wars fan, uh, me as an adult. I mean, there's, there's, this is the first spot that's really spoken to me as an adult Star Wars fan that this has got a lot of uh, experiences that I'm going to enjoy. Well, on those lines, Martin, one of the things I'm curious about is one of the things that we, we talked about when we had issues with some of their promotions before was we had indicated that some of it didn't look very Star Wars. I'm air quoting. To me, this promo looked very Star Wars. Do you agree? I, I completely agree. I mean, they've got, you know, uh, all the characters very, very front and center. They've got, you know, lightsabers. You know, they've got, you know, you could argue that these lightsabers should or shouldn't be animated the way they are. But the fact is that it gets the look and feel of the experience directly across in a very quick, very exciting way. Um, previous uh, spots that we had seen, they, they weren't exciting. This spot is pure adrenaline. Definitely adrenaline. I completely agree. And the other thing that, that makes it look like Star Wars to me that I think is interesting is that it, it shows you the greatest hits of Star Wars. We've got Stormtroopers. We've got Chewie. We've got the lightsabers. We show the TIE fighters flying across the screen in the bridge. There's, there's a lot of the elements of Star Wars distilled. One of the things that I think is interesting is they eliminated some of the non-movie TV show canon. For example, they showed Gaia briefly from behind, and then in the next shot, she was in the background, kind of de, you know blurry uh, with a shallow depth of field. But they didn't they didn't hit on some of the the things that maybe looked a little false in previous advertisements. So I think they did a really good job of showing people what they want to see out of these kind of experiences. Christine. Would you say that the editing is different for this spot? Yeah, and I think it's very purposeful. You know, you're talking about action-oriented, but if you go through kind of scene by scene, it shows, you know, when they first come on board, they're kind of rushing to get on the ship. When they're putting on their claws cosplay they're rushing out of the room and when they go to the sublight lounge you know they've got people in the background that are kind of rushing out of the room they're showing you that this is action oriented and you are part of the action you're participating it's it's the sense of propulsion through every scene that they show you that really especially for someone who's been there brings back, like Drew said, all that emotion, like, yes, we were there. That's how it felt when we were there. You're in constant motion and constantly. It's fantastic. Uh, that's a great point, Christy. I mean, the editing of this just propels you from one moment to the next. And that's exactly what we needed to, to see. The, the forcefulness with which Kylo Ren ignites the lightsaber right at the screen. Um, that's so dynamic. And then the, the response from Ray. It's truly exciting and very representative of what the experience is like. I was absolutely floored. I thought it was spectacular as, as well. The thing I think that probably needed to happen is maybe maybe the people who were responsible for making these promotions, maybe they needed to go on the experience and actually experience it themselves so they could try to sell it a little bit better than they previously were able to do. 
Well, excellent. I think that will cover our short topic extravaganza of a podcast tonight. But to close things out, Martin, you had mentioned that you had given some action figure card backs to some of the content creators that we follow, as well as the Imagineer team. I think that leads into an idea that you had for a giveaway. Is that correct? Absolutely, it is. The, res the response was so positive from the content creators and Imagineers that we brought these custom action figure style card backs to that we're going to open it up and we're going to do this for all of the Heroes of the Halcyon podcast fans. Uh, look for this special offer at our Instagram and our Twitter accounts. And all you have to do is email your favorite Galactic Star Cruiser or Galaxy's Edge photo to Heroes of the Halcyon at gmail.com along with your name or your character's name. And we will email you back a custom designed card back image of Heroes of the Halcyon starring you. So you get your own action figure card back. Uh, we guarantee you're going to love it. So make sure to check our Insta and Twitter for all the details. And to find us on social media, we're at Halcyon underscore heroes on Twitter and Heroes of the Halcyon on Instagram. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Martin and Christine, for our episode, our short topic extravaganza episode tonight. I'm excited to say that next week we're going to have a pretty special spoiler-filled podcast. We took some time for each of us to explain our top five moments from the trip. So for those of you who have already gone, or for those of you who don't mind hearing a spoiler or two, you're going to hear a little bit about the emotion and the excitement that we all experienced from this trip. We're very excited to share that with you. So, Martin, we're at the end of the podcast tonight. How do we end things on the Heroes of the Halcyon podcast? Well, it's always fun to shoot the poodoo and talk all things Galactic Star Cruiser with our friends out there. So until next episode, it's our honor. Let's raise our glasses to, to Booyten!